Beautiful, isn't it? Just one guitar pan center. A couple of chiming ambient guitars left and right wide. Aaron just sitting in the groove on the drums. Bass line following the lead lick. Mm. Just so you know, the album right before this, the first song started off with the words I've got a will, but I want yours, being screamed at the top of his lungs. And here we are, an album later, different brother, a little more existential, a little more downtrodden, if you will. Dude, I think this was the summer of 2007 for me. Oh my gosh, what this album did to the music scene in DFW at least. I'm pretty sure it had an effect everywhere, and I'll tell you why. So this album came out, and uh, everyone went nuts. Now, I feel like there was people who were like, I like doing their heavier, but those people, they, they're just unhappy, you know? Now, now they go back, and uh, when As Cities Burn goes on... Oh, by the way, this is As Cities Burn album, Come Now Sleep. And uh, yeah, so I would assume now that they're doing all these 10-year reunion tours like everyone's doing, which is smart, smart move. I remember As Cities Burn did a show in Dallas. It was uh, their 10-year anniversary of Son I Loved You at Your Darkest. Something like that. No, that's not it. It was just a, supposed to be like their last final show. And uh, it was at uh, On Silent Night. And they were going to play all of Son I Love You at Your Darkest. And so I wanted to see it, and I went, and it was great. Uh, I remember Chris's Vox amps were just stupid loud. Uh, the snare drum, Aaron's snare drum sounded fantastic. And it was a good set. They, uh, who cares? I'm not going to go into it all. But the point is, I talked to somebody at this show where I overheard how they were doing on their merch sales. And I remember thinking to myself, I wouldn't be shocked if they do like one more tour just to do what they did here everywhere else on the merch sales. Cause why not, right? It's just waiting. There's just nostalgia waiting to be spent. And that's what I think everyone's doing right now. Why not? I get it. You're just a, you know how to play an instrument and you hated everything that was cool growing up and you've got tattoos. I, I understand. I understand the life. Um. But yeah, when this album came out, that was the summer of 2007. The summer of 2008, the amount of bands at Cornerstone Festival that had Gretsch drum sets, Fender guitars, Bogner amps, Marshall amps, whatever gear they'd seen in a music video or live of as everyone was using it. But listen to these tones. So nice. 
Before this, everyone was just cranking the distortion up. And then, uh, cranking, cranking, cranking the distortion up, playing one, three, five bar chords and riffing away, and then they throw harmony riffs on it. And then these guys come out, and Aaron's, uh, especially on Son I Loved You, Aaron's like, I'm gonna play a drum beat, and you just aren't gonna know when I'm gonna hit the snare. And Cody was like, I wanna do all my chords this way now. And uh, instead of doing a rhythm track, let's just do two lead parts. And there was a movement that happened after that, and no one talks about it enough, so that's why I'm here. I promise you, the amount of bands that you got because of uh, As Cities Burn. I mean, most of the ones I've been in growing up, uh, the band that I was in at the time when this album came out was called Perfect Imperfect. Huge influence on us. Then I was in a band called Least of These. Huge influence on us. And now I'm writing, I, I have a, a new project called Words, and of course it's gonna be an influence, you know? I mean, you're a kid, you're playing guitar, you're playing drums, and then these guys come out and do it cooler than everyone else, different than everyone else, newer than everyone else, vibier than everyone else, and at least for a minute, and then they, uh, then they broke up. But uh, now they're back together again, kind of like half back together. They're just, they're doing it the way everyone should do it, man. Just freaking, when you have time, write some music, release it, go play some shows. There's no rule that you have to have like the steady work nine to five band. We gotta be doing this, we gotta be doing that. We got the internet exists, man. You just put stuff on the internet and you do. Here's the thing if you wanna, this is why I can't watch shows like freaking American Idol or The Voice or any of those singing shows because when I watch these people start crying and they go, all I've ever wanted to do is sing. It's like, well, then freaking sing. You know what I've wanted to do? I've wanted to play guitar. I had to at least get an instrument for that. I had to find a way to do it. If you are uh, in a situation where you can't afford instruments, you can still sing. What you mean is all you've ever wanted to do was only sing and get praised for it and perform in front of everyone and everyone think you're so great. That's what you want. Stop lying. That's what you want. Because if all you ever wanted to do was sing, you could just sing. People do it all the time. People sing around the house. I sing around the house. I sing to my wife. I sing to my babies or my one baby. I guess they're both my babies, but I sing all the time. I make up stupid songs. I beatbox a lot. I hate that I beatbox because it sounds disgusting, but it's just a habit. It's a nervous tick, you know? Listen to this right here. Nice. On this uh, right ear over here, we're just gonna let the delay make some noise for a little bit. There's enough going on. Let's just let it. Let's let it vibe. Boom. Uh, one of the things that I love about this band is if you take like just one guitar part, it, it some of not all of them, but some of the songs. If you just take one guitar part, it almost doesn't make sense. It's like you need the bass line and the other guitar line on top of it for this whole thing to come together and make this one musical sound. I love doing that. And I would assume Acidies Burn, Emery, and Thursday made a huge impact. Um, it's Thursday today, actually. You know, I probably should have um, put a Thursday album on, but I've already done that. Plus, uh, Aaron Lunsford has a new book coming out. It is called, what the, what is it called? As Cities Burn 2.0. And he's going to talk about this album and then Hell or High Water. That's, that's part of what inspired all of this today was 
I've been seeing him promote about it, and I'm excited to read it. And if you haven't read his first book called Backstage, How I Almost Got Famous Playing Drums in a Christian Hardcore Band, if that's word for word correct, I'm so proud of myself because I just closed my eyes and started talking out loud. I'm looking around. I just thought I had the book somewhere. But uh, that's a good read. Go read it. Go read it. It's funny. You learn a lot. Oh, shoot, guys. So I just kind of went off for a minute. But I guess this is all I'm really here to talk about is this album. And Oh, you know what? Okay, let's go ahead and do this. Cornerstone 2008. So, all right, I'm probably going to be wrong on this, okay? And everyone has their own different versions of how things went. But this is what I saw. Saul. That was bad. That was texting to me. Apparently, we put L's on the end of stuff. And I just did. But I feel like I know that it's Saw. Here's what I saw, okay? I saw, let's see, we got So Long Forgotten, incredible band. I feel like they, they had to be influenced by this. I, I show up, Cornerstone 2008, there's this kind of a hip, hippie band playing on the grass. Everybody's got combo amps, Fender guitars. And then you find out that like Cody's helping them record it. And so of course there's the influences on it. So that might be more of a friendship thing. But uh, so like most of the bands in DFW... All of a sudden, we're playing. And what's funny, what's funny, here's something I have to talk about. There was a guy, I don't want to say his name, but I was recording uh, a song with my band Perfect and Perfect in his studio, or a studio he worked at. And he was obsessed with this band called The Fall of Troy. Amazing band. I love them. Totally understand why he was obsessed with them. Uh, their guitar player uses an SG most of the time, at least from what I've seen. So he's recording us, and I have a uh, Stratocaster and a Telecaster and a Gibson Melody Maker. And we're starting off with the Fender guitars, right? And we're recording, and he starts just talking about how much he loves his uh, orange amp and his SG and how that's what all he'll ever play, and he doesn't like Fenders. And he was just kind of like shitting on my guitar tone, um, which was really just trying to figure out how Cody got this sound that we're listening to right now, plus moments of Thursday and Emery. You know what band I've never really tried to emulate their guitar tone too much is Under Oath. I love them. Under Oath's amazing. Huge impact on my life. I just never really, uh, I've just never really spent a lot of time trying to dial in that guitar tone. Um, I guess it's that, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You like what you like. I think it sounds good for their songs, but for the way I write, I don't think it would work. Um, where am I, guys? Where am I? I was just naming a bunch of bands that I feel like was inspired by S-Cities Burn. I'll shut up now. But oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I gotta say this though. So the guy in the recording studio... This album, no, 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 no. This album was already out when, the, yeah, this album was out when this happened. Hell or High Water comes out as Cities Burn comes through uh, Plano, Texas at a venue called Theater 7, which ends up being what we think is going to be the last time we'll ever see As Cities Burn, but we don't know that yet. At the end of the show, uh, I'm talking to somebody in the band. They mentioned how they're going to see how the album does, and that'll depend on how much they tour. And I, if they, mentioned uh, anyways after that a little bit later they decided to kind of be broken up somewhere around i assume after that plano show this guy this engineer that i was recording with must have it must have made a big impact on him seeing them play that show but they killed it that show and uh 
Oh yeah, one funny thing at the end of that show was they walked off stage and Cody's amp was left on, his guitar was leaned up against his amp and it starts feedbacking and it just stays ringing, right? And they walk off stage, it's so cool, you know? And it's just sitting there ringing and it gets really high into where it's just one constant tone and it starts to get a little bit longer and eventually Cody comes walking back out, flips his amp off and then walks back off stage and was like, I'm assuming he forgot and someone was like, bro, your amp is still making noise or they got off stage and they said, y'all want to do an encore? And somebody was like, F that. I understand that. I have had to play an encore before. I feel so ridiculous saying that. I, I've i got to play an encore before. I don't know. It was It's cool, I guess, but see, you know why it's not? Because of the size of the shows that I've played them. I guess there's been a handful of shows where it was kind of big, but it doesn't matter. I just don't feel... I feel like everybody's got a uh, level that they're trying to obtain and what they can create in art and the, a level of success and... Uh, Getting to do an encore in front of about a hundred kids for a song that you don't think is as good as it should be just doesn't feel I haven't I haven't done the encore where I get all emotional yet. I do remember playing Cornerstone two thousand eight and I was on the encore funny enough, encore two stage. We did not get an encore on this set, although I feel like we did a great job. Um that was a great moment because I'd seen that stage on YouTube so many times, the little yellow and white tint and all these bands I loved are playing on it. And I was playing, looking at my best friends, just looking around like, guys, we're doing it. And then we freaking go home. And like two months later, I quit the band. Just I needed to do college and uh, kind of figure out what I was going to do with my life. Um, hindsight, maybe didn't need to quit the band, but I might have been so immature that school and the band would both get half the amount of effort put into it. Because I had also just started dating Haley, and so I was going to spend time with her too. But you live, you learn. Can I ask you guys a question? Because I'm gonna. Has anyone else been seeing more hatchets being thrown by people? Anywhere. Like like in person, on TV, uh, on your computer, on your phone. I have been... Uh, freaking it's it what's weird is i noticed that i saw different people throwing hatchets at least three times before i considered it a synchronicity if you don't know what a synchronicity is i can tell you we're gonna learn something we're gonna learn something this part of the song is almost too good i gotta just play this instead of the learn something music right here listen The bodies we are still in. The bodies that we war against. That means something to me. It means something to you. You can make a lot of different meanings out of that. Okay, here we go. Synchronicity. Synchronicity is a concept first introduced by analytical psychologist Carl Jung. J-U-N-G. I think I said it right, though. Which holds that events are meaningful coincidences... Quotations there. If they occur with no casual relationship, yet seem to be meaningfully related. During his career, Jung furnished different definitions. Synchronicity as... So he defined synchronicity as an... A casual connect... 
connecting togetherness principle, meaningful coincidence, and a casual parallelism. Jeez, dude. These words. Introduced the concept as early as the 1920s, bruh. The 1920s, bruh. Remember when everyone talked like that in the 20s? You know what people don't say enough anymore is uh, what you say. I worked at a skate park in 2005, 2006, and it was connected to a batting cage, which was awesome because I loved baseball too. So on Saturdays, I would open, and the guy who kind of maintained the batting cages made sure everything worked. It was a much older gentleman. I couldn't tell you how old. Old enough to walk in every Saturday morning and go, what you say, John? So what I did after being confused for a while, as I went and asked my grandpa what that means. And he explained, it's basically like, what's up? How's it going? And the next time I couldn't wait, the next Saturday, dude comes walking in and he's like, what you say, John? And I was like, not too much, man. And I felt like I had a real answer. That's a, that's a nice thing to say. What you say? What you got to say? What you got going on in your head that you want to put into word sounds? Um, isn't that crazy? That I'm communi- I'm just making sound right now with my f- with my body. This this thing that I'm in. I'm just looking at my hand right now, shaking around. I'm just I'm just this thing, and I've learned how to make these sounds. And I shape my tongue and my mouth a certain way, and they come out sounding a certain way. And you know what they mean? That's crazy, huh? Life is a mystery to be found. All right. Young coined the word synchronicity to describe temporarily coincident occurrences of a casual events. Oh, in his book, Synchronicity and a Casual Connect. Okay, enough of that. Enough of that. I think God's in that neon sign. Here it comes. I wonder who that girl is. I hope she knows that there's at least 25 to 30 people living in the DFW area who make that joke. I think God's in that green sign. Hmm. What am I talking about, guys? Oh, synchronicity. So, yeah. Hatchet throwing. Is that? Okay, I don't even know. I feel like I've done a bad job explaining synchronicities. But the point is, there are some people who pay attention to these things. I, I'm, I'm one included. Uh, or I'm included in those people. That... I just, I happen to notice when things are repeating themselves and I don't know if they mean anything and I don't really care. But it's just fun to talk about and think about, right? So the idea of synchronicity being uh, something keeps showing up repeatedly in your life in different places or you're hearing the same thing or seeing the same thing. I'm freaking seeing people throwing hatchets. Why? It's, it's 2018. I FaceTime on my Xenon phone with my friends across the world and... Uh, somehow hatchet throwing it's got to be a crossfit thing right someone tell me if it's a crossfit thing they like to work out in public right um so i feel like there's a greater chance that i could visually run into someone exercising throwing their hatchets just getting that uh that forearm strength wrist strength get it steady oh what else would that work your uh, rotator cuff man carrying this baby uh baby the thing I, the car seat that I put him in, I carry him from the house to the car and I click it in. That thing, that thing's getting heavy with this little boy growing up. All right, let's see. Uh, hatchet throwing synchronicities. Wow. Hmm. I kind of covered those together. I guess I could have had them on one note instead of two on my phone. 
hey, let's talk about this album some more. Let's not get too far away from from what we're doing here. It's almost. I wish I could listen to the whole album and just talk over it and actually have it playing the whole time, but I don't know how the rules work. I feel like I already play too much music as it is, but I'm not making any money off of this, and I don't even know who's listening. So I, I don't know if I said this before, but it, it always feels like a Mitch Hedberg moment over here, just cussing in the woods. There's no one to hear it. I have uh, 10 followers on my Twitter account now. I don't. I, I know like five of them. You want to know something really interesting? I posted on Instagram that I had this podcast. And it got like 200, it was an Instagram story. And it got 250 views. Do you want to know how many followers I got? Oh, because the whole story was just showing a link to my to my Twitter, right? And I had audio playing from the podcast, something I thought was kind of funny and entertaining. I was like, eh, maybe this will get people to go, oh, hey, here's this podcast. And then here's a link to it, to his Twitter, so I can keep up with what's going on. 250 people watched it. How many people do you think followed me after that? How many? Just think. None. I literally didn't gain a follower. I thought I'd gain at least like one. It's okay though. I got nothing to say, man. It doesn't hurt my feelings. This is all just practice speaking out loud. My God, I know I've talked about this before, but my people skills, what's happening? I don't know what to talk about anymore. It's like I forgot how to make small talk. Or I forgot how to make a uh, big talk. I I was at I went to get coffee this morning and conversation was going fine for like a minute, you know, while we're doing the exchange, and then it stopped. There's no one else in there, and I just went. I have no idea what to say. I just can you? Does anyone else ever have so much going on in their head at the same time that it's hard to like? gather and pick the right thing and then put it into a sentence. That happens to me sometimes. You know what's amazing is when you get in that flow, when you're, uh, it's usually, I feel like for me by myself, and it never gets to be out loud, but I'm working on something in my head and you just start flying. It's like super efficient and you're just, that's how I think we're going to be able to work through things in the future. We'll just hook our head up to whatever computer program and we'll start thinking about our problem and it's just going to start grabbing all the important information and putting it in like an organized matter so we can visually see it and helping us organize things. You know what? This is what happened this morning. So that small talk I couldn't figure out, I ended up explaining what CRISPR is to this like 17-year-old girl at the coffee shop because I didn't know what to say. And how did it, how did this happen? How did this happen? Shoot. I don't know. Something happened. You know what? It might've been the TV, but something happened that made me just start going off on the future. And I was like, college might not even exist when your kid, when you have a kid, he might not even have a college to go to. And then I explained the hunger games theory. You all know that we're just slowly becoming the hunger games. It's right in front of us. It's right there. You can see it, man. There's an entire special group of people that are all connected in their own little world. I just, you know what it is? The capital is the internet. And the districts are just us, just our, our places. So whatever state, you're one of the districts. You listening, you whole 10 followers. I don't even know out of those 10 who listens, but whatever. I promise I don't mind. I shouldn't even be talking about it. It's tacky. Now that you break. How long have I been going? All right, I got one minute. Um, employees messing with your food. 
Anybody else ever get nervous about people messing with your food when you go get it somewhere? So I worry about that a lot. So I try to always be really nice, not difficult, talk clearly. I just, if they mess it up, I don't even mention it. But it still still worries me. And I blame my friends. I have guy friends. I don't think a single friend of mine, no, no, never mind. I do know a couple girls that have done this too. You almost got away with it, ladies. I just hit my tooth on the mic so hard. I hope it didn't break. Um, so anyways, I have friends who, you, who have me- messed with the food that they, they make at the places they work. And it makes me nervous because they did it just to be spiteful, just to be rude, just to be, uh, they're boys. They're boys and they're bored. They don't want to be at work and they're having to make stuff. And someone comes in, they look weird, they seem annoying. So they mess with it. I'm worried that I look weird and seem annoying. I just feel like I got punched in the face a handful of times growing up. So that's always made me think I had a punchable face. And shoot, I don't know. I just, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm happy when I walk into places. And if you look happy when you walk in, immediately you're an asshole, especially if you're by yourself. It's like, who the hell is this? Why are you, what do you have going on that's making you feel good that I don't have? And I understand that. But anyways, I just have a list of three, four things today to talk about. I mainly was just gonna, I knew I'd get distracted talking about this album, so I didn't need very many things to think of. That part's so dope. That drum fill, man. Aaron, just keep doing what you're doing. I like the way you play drums, man. You and what's his name? Like Richard or something? Richard, what the dude from me without you. Man, you two play. I, I love that sound. Just, it's very uh, as a matter of fact to me. It's like I'm gonna hit this freaking tom right here because I'm that's what I, I wanna do. I'm just gonna hit it and then we're gonna move on. I don't know. It has a sound. You you hit it with authority. Aaron, you play drums like you tweet. It's it's very, this is how I feel, and shut the hell up. But it, it, it's not necessarily mean. At least the drumming, the tweets, the tweets can be mean, but I get it. You're a comedian. You're a comedian. Oh, man. And Aaron, I hope you don't feel like I'm picking on you. It's just you're the only person in this band that I see actually say stuff on the internet, so... It seems more realistic to talk towards you, but anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. It's getting long. Where am I at in the album? Cause yeah, 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 yeah. We've got a handful of songs. I don't want to talk this long. Well, everyone, I just hope that uh, you took away something from this podcast. If anything, I hope it makes you uh, want to get. Aaron's new book and listen to this album and just remember how fun it was when everyone was finding new sounds and trying new things and eating out of trash cans at Cornerstone and wearing dirty clothes and saying that uh, God doesn't want us to have valuables or anything and living really, really humble with all that badass equipment and music gear. And I'm not calling out anyone specific. I just, that was always the conundrum for me in that time. It was like, it was very hip to um, be super poor, at least. Like white guy poor, where you do it on purpose, you know? And uh, 
but everyone had such awesome music equipment. And I was like, where are you keeping this? You're not keeping it in your tent. So it's at someone's house. So you have a house that you could probably stay at. I get it. Anyways, I'll let you guys go. Listen to this great song for a second. And uh, then I'll, I'll be out of here. Oh, follow me on Twitter at Gore. Uh, no, it's not. At Gore Johnny Gore is my personal one. Uh, at the GMT podcast is the, the one for this. Anyways, love you guys. 